When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game against Sevilla in the Liga F. This is now there's only two more games remaining in in the league and we are in the end game now. Uh the thing that matters the most uh, a trophy at stake Copa de la Reina is going to begin on uh May 25th. So there's still time for that but uh it feels like we are in in the end game preparing for that phase finally because the whole squad is looking forward to and with the way we are lining up and with the way we are playing in this game it it, it does feel like a part of our mind is already uh in those semifinals against uh, athletic club so yeah another victory uh back to back victories ever since coming back from the international break no no drop points even though the performances haven't been the best uh this one was a different case we managed to keep a clean sheet as well and yeah it it it's three points on the board but some questions still remain and to break it all down i've got kanita with me uh kanita how are you doing today um So the last few weeks I've been saying why do you keep doing Granada Real Madrid like why is this a thing so unnecessary you know what I I take it back at least those were fun this game was uh well not much happened in the game so I I do kind of miss that Granada thingy I can never win truly I, I I never can. So, yeah, I mean that's how I am kind of bored by the game. But yeah. Boring is one way to put it because uh yeah, there were periods of the game where it was really devoid of action, but there were still some uh I I feel like there were some positives in this game. To to begin dissecting this game, let's first look at the lineups. I I say and there were some curve balls in the lineup once again once again we made a lot of changes and once again some of the names that usually you see in the starting lineup they were not there so the lineup was we typically lined up in a 4231 it was misa in goal kenty right back susa and ivana as the center back pairing olga started as the right back The double pivot consisted of Freya and Toletti, with a front four of Feller, Caroline Weir, Linda Caicedo, and Caroline Moller Hansen once again starting as the striker. Now that's three starts for her, and that two back to back. Surprisingly, Esther is not starting games, which is a bit confusing to me because uh you know obviously looking at these lineups in the past few games one has to question whether we have uh mentally like sort of clocked out of the league because a we cannot win the league barcelona have already won the league there isn't really much danger of uh finishing in third place as well we have got some healthy gap with uh levante and the champions league places aren't at stake anymore like we are surely going to be playing the uh, playoffs at least so you know the only thing that matters at this stage is probably the copa del rey and the squad is thinking about it as well so maybe i don't know if there's a hint of uh, whenever we are making the decision if there's a hint that okay we we are trying to prepare the best and trying to put the players in shape for that uh, semi final against athletic club but i i i think like now there's just two games remaining i think one is against uh, levante and other is against uh, real sociedad if i'm not 
mistaken and those are like two sort of tricky games uh, tricky games and they will test us really levante have been absolutely brilliant uh, this entire season they have managed to secure their places in the next season's champions league as well at least in the playoffs and real sociedad can cause problems they have solid foundations and they they are a sort of team that can cause problems with, because they are so good with the ball and like to keep the ball so those two games will test us in ways uh, the previous ones haven't and i i hope that because i don't think toril thinks this is his best lineup going into the copa del arena semi final uh, i might be wrong but uh, it surely feels like a big shake up to see you know names like ester suddenly dropping out uh, of the lineup for for a while now so uh, it feels strange another thing that feels strange is uh, moler's inclusion into the into the squad all of a sudden like she's now starting back to back games uh, despite not being on the score sheet even uh there's another striker in the in the squad uh, a proper true number 9 uh, she's not getting any minutes still so it, it's it's a bit of a you know i don't know what to make of all these decisions one thing is clear though that we have sort of mentally clogged out of the league uh, league doesn't uh, isn't as important as uh, you know we might think these games are uh just preparation games it feels like and with the way our performances have been since returning from international break we have been lethargic as well so yeah a part of uh, i think a part of the psyche here is that the squad is already looking forward to the semi final so apart from that uh, was pretty happy to see uh, linda kaiser in the lineup uh, we will talk about her in this game because she actually uh, was the player of the game for me so we'll talk about her definitely another surprise inclusion was freya in the, in the lineup alongside toletti and the reason it was interesting is uh, with the way it played out on the field uh, largely uh, uh, on paper i i was like okay it, it means freya is going to play the deeper role and she is going to add her physicality and ball winning in midfield and toletti is going to aid with the progression but it wasn't the case uh we largely bypassed uh freya and allowed her to you know operate in slightly higher zones whereas toletti was the first player out uh, receiving the pass from defense and bringing it out helping in those build up phases it was largely toletti toletti was playing as the deepest midfielder so it, it was it was different than what one would expect and olga was starting against her former club uh, so that was always nice but apart from that i um apart from a few curveballs and a few thoughts about what is going on in toril's mind ahead of you know preparing for that one trophy that we can potentially win it feels like a strange choice to like keep your some of your best players out we know athenia has played a lot of minutes uh, recently we saw a a recent post from fifa uh, that that underlined the players that highlighted the players that have played the most in the last calendar year and athenia was among among the top players there there was athenia there was kathleen susan there was caroline weir who were who have all played a plenty of minutes in the in the last season and recently we have seen performances from athenia take take a bit of a hit as well she she looked lethargic her decision making in the final third looked a bit rusty so the minutes were definitely taking a toll and she definitely needed a rest and she got one here but the thing that is is very uh, hard for me to wrap my mind around is is how esther is being used because she she used to start every game she used to be the talisman and now she is consistently on the bench which makes a uh, little sense to me what do you make of esther sudden uh, benching and especially like if are we going to directly throw her into the uh, copa del arena semi final uh, what do you make of that decision if it goes that way or do you think she is going to be starting in those final two games because i think she will start in those final two games uh, but yeah what have you made of uh, this sudden benching of esther um yeah so first of all um we need only one more point to secure our second place and i mean 
literally the next game we play is against Levante, who are behind us. And I mean, that's pretty much done. We're, uh, we can say we're finishing second. And yeah, so regarding that, I think that um, we are kind of taking the league for already done, uh, which I'm not complaining about. Uh, but we do have two interesting games, uh, and I'm really glad that these, um, all of this, like the Champions League spots, hasn't come to the last match days. Like we already know, uh, all three clubs. So yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting that lineup at all. Uh, from uh, benching Esther for a third game in a row. She didn't even play a minute last game, uh, which was weirder to me. Uh, and then, you know, benching her um, for this one as well. But um, I don't I don't know, uh, because we talked about the rumors uh, last time, and the rumors literally stated that there was a... A sudden change in the status contract renewal um, negotiations that she's most definitely leaving. Like, suddenly it changed. Um, it wasn't like that before. And um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think there are also those kind of things behind the scenes happening that just like uh, taking the league for done. Uh, and yeah, you are right. We do have another striker. Imagine we do have someone called Naikari on the team. Um, we might have forgotten about her, but yeah. Uh, so she doesn't even play either. Uh, Lorena is now called up for the second time in a row, which does mean that maybe she gets a few minutes to say goodbye to the club um, at the end of the league, hopefully. I, I don't know what he's planning, but um but yeah i mean that wasn't the weirdest part of the lineup right you mentioned that it was uh freya i didn't expect freya to be there um because i i don't know i was fully expecting maite uh and i meant and i think i said it last time that i um i expect him to like rotate between tere and maite uh, without, you know, Sonosa being available now. So that was interesting. Uh, and I, I was curious to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Freya hasn't started in a long time. She actually played last time after a few weeks of not playing as well. So yeah, I, I mean, not that I was complaining, just very odd decision here. And... Yeah, I'll also one more note, I was very worried for um, Olga's crosses when I saw her in the lineup, but uh, more about that later. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be it about the lineups. Yeah, we'll talk about Olga's crosses. Uh, actually, let's, let's talk about Olga's crosses and our crossing in general. So when the game began, in, in the first half, the way we were trying to attack a lot of our attacks were channeled from the left hand side uh, it was the side where linda caicedo uh, olga pushing forwards and caroline weir you know drifting towards that side a lot of players uh, there formed small connections and played little combinations to release the other player and there was a lot of space on offer much more than i feel on the right uh, than the right hand side and we were able to like exploit it consistently. We had uh, Caroline Weir uh, putting in the crosses. We had Olga putting in the crosses as well. And honestly, I I I wouldn't say the crosses were bad. Olga targeted really good areas. Some of the crosses were really threatening. So Olga attempted like eight crosses in, in the game, and some of them. Uh, one where she targeted the far post with uh, Caroline Weir attacking. One, uh, a couple of them were targeted towards the uh, center of the penalty box, which, which is a really threatening area. You know, you force the goalkeeper to make a decision whether to come out and collect it or, you know, let the defenders handle it. 
so it puts it puts a doubt in the mind of the defend defense and the goalkeeper uh, and there can be a lot of uh, problems the second highest uh, player to amount the most number of crosses was caroline weir and caroline weir was consistently using those spaces on the left flank as well and she was putting in some great balls as well so i feel like while our attack had a lot of crosses it wasn't bad this time and it made sense because you know now you have caroline muller hansen starting as the center forward you have a viable target in the middle which you can find and also naomi feller was starting and naomi feller comes inside she attacks the ball really well so you have another target in naomi feller as well it, it wasn't like athenia and as they're playing and we are spamming crosses hoping it one of them connects so this was a different scenario with the, with the sort of lineup that we had with feller and uh, moller i think it was a good combination and and the re, and the way we were trying to put the ball in the quality of the ball was also good so i i, I did not mind uh, the crosses in this game because they weren't wasteful yes we did not connect yes we you know did not convert those crosses into goals uh, none of those 24 crosses we attempted were converted into direct assists but they were still threatening they they made the defense uh, nervy for a moment they had uh, some good connections but did not uh, weren't able to like stay down so it was a good strategy i feel and olga Olga's performance overall was also great. Her crossing performance for me it was good. Like even if even if you don't connect all of your crosses with with the target that you intend to if it's targeted in the right areas it can cause the defensive line a lot of problems and that is what was happening here. So I I did not have a problem. Did you feel like the crosses were too much or did you think the quality was down or anything like that because I was pretty happy with the way we were crossing and the way we were able to basically generate that space to put the ball in from the left hand side what were your thoughts about the crosses uh, yeah well uh, one of the things that the main things about me uh, you might notice when um, talking about these games is how i'm allergic to random crosses i cannot stress enough how allergic am i to just constant crosses 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 cross i can I'm sorry, I can't. There were a couple of them that I remember that I was excited about. Couple of them, maximum two. Okay. Um, the others, I didn't expect anything of them because I knew the exact moment she would cross, and you know they didn't end up anywhere. Uh, so I was excited twice for her crosses. Um, and that, that that's it. Um, one, I remember one specifically. Uh, it was in the first half. I don't remember when, but I remember one when I anticipated exactly what she would do. Uh, so she was running around, came to the uh, box, and I I saw her uh, that she wanted to go a bit more, you know, uh, in front. And she did take a few more steps, and uh, by the line, uh, she attempted this cross, and I immediately knew it was going to end up probably somewhere in the middle of the box randomly, or with the goalkeeper, and it did end up in the goalkeeper's hand, so that there's that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the funny thing is, I have, I have been saying um, for 30 minutes of the match, now we will get to that, what happened in that, well, 29th minute. But I was saying, Olga, you're killing me with this. Uh, and she was. And then, um, yeah, the thing that happened later on also didn't um, make me forget those crosses. Because, I don't know, I just don't like it. I don't know. Um everything else she did in the game dude i agree she had a good game however i can just anticipate her crosses too well and if i can do it um i i'm pretty sure that the opponents are having an easy time as well uh but yeah um i 
so I guess I'm disagreeing with you uh, on this. Maybe it's just me being very against crosses and especially a lot of them and she did attempt eight of them, but yeah. Okay, it seems like a matter of personal preference here because I completely disagree with uh, with your assessment of her crosses because I think if, if you're targeting the area around the center of the box around the penalty box area even if the goalkeeper collects like all three of them you're still testing them you're still testing that communication you just need one to connect you know uh, yeah crosses have an historically low conversion rate but it was a viable option because we had two targets two players who could uh, attack the ball really well so it, it was it was a sound strategy and i think the deliveries were pretty pretty good as well so yeah i do not agree at all on that but yeah moving forwards this was largely the way we were trying to attack in this game and while we were able to generate some shots from it the real threat came in in the form of our first goal our first real good attack it started with toletti bringing the ball out from the defense like as I mentioned earlier, the way our formation played out on the pitch was different than the way it seemed on, on paper. So Toletti picked the ball up, carried the ball, moved it forwards, spread it out wide and from here begins a really nice sequence of how these players understand these sort of combinations and how they interpret it. So Olga plays the ball back to Toletti who is now around the center of the pitch and she continues to make her run she continues to make her run inside the box Toletti manages to play a ball with her weaker left foot to Linda Caicedo Linda Caicedo makes a really good first touch takes the ball inside the box plays a real nice cutback and Olga who has made a great third player run is uh, like gets to the position in the perfect time to meet that cutback and it's it's goal so Olga scores against her former club does not celebrate uh, but that was a really slick move you know that was these third player movement these third player movement that results in in goals is really nice to watch because these are so deadly because a lot of the times the opposition defense or any defense is usually focused on the ball where the ball is going which player has the ball and how we can close them down but playing a pass, continuing a run and not being the immediate player to receive the ball back but you know as the second uh, receiver of the ball that really undoes a defense in, in a lot of ways because a lot of the times you are not tracking the third player run and that, that is very difficult to track as well because you want to defend the ball, you want to close out those spaces in that uh, while doing that you probably miss out on the third player making the third player run so really nice move i really liked it uh dazon espanol i think uh, their twitter account tweeted that goal as well but i don't know how they confused it because caroline weir was standing right beside uh linda kaisero when she received the ball and they were like linda when linda caroline weir and olga combine good things happen and i'm like that's that's Toletti playing the initial pass that's not Weir did not touch the ball in that entire sequence I don't know what you guys are watching and it's it's not difficult to identify as well because the way Toletti passes a ball and the way Caroline Weir plays a pass is very different they don't have the similar running gait they don't have uh, a similar stance nothing is similar like I don't know that tweet and that tweet was not deleted either i uh while live tweeting i even managed to like quote tweet that but uh, hoping that they would correct it but uh, guess they did not realize it wasn't caroline Weir. so yeah whatever but that was a really slick move what did you make of the goal yeah so basically in i literally said as all got had the ball in the beginning like um Olga, you're killing me, and then she did that good thing. So yeah, uh, I think I think that worked uh, because she didn't go out and you know try to cross again, which I would hate. Uh, but yeah, she went a bit in, you know, and um, uh, gave it to 
Sandy, by the way, that pass from Toletti. Oh my god. Uh, I think. I think that was the best thing about the goal. Uh, probably. <laughs> probably everyone will um, agree, but. So good how that trajectory, like, what trajectory is so, so good. Um, fa- found Linda, like, so well there on uh, when the ball went right past the Sevilla players. Like, they were really close. It's crazy. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about Toletti's game uh, in general. But, yeah, just that pass is chef's kiss, honestly. And, yeah, I mean, um, a good <laughs> if, if you guys remember the last time we played on Jesus Navas, um, so this is the first time we win this stadium and the last time <laughs> we lost with 3-0 and we had, like, a last-minute penalty or something and um, a very last-minute reward, you losing 3-0. And Olga decided to take it. She was... Uh, very frustrated you could see it in her eyes and she missed it uh she that's the only penalty that she missed by the way uh and she was, she was very sad very frustrated about the result in general but um you know in this game uh she did score this goal and yeah of course she decided not to celebrate immediately uh she put her hands up and yeah out of respect for her old club and yeah, I mean, I did some poetry in it as well. Um, I mean, this is the first time we won Jesus Navas, and uh, Olga is the one to score the opening goal. Um, after all the drama that happened in the in that match I just mentioned, and yeah, um, a lot of poetry from Toletti's past to just Olga being there to put that in. Yeah, so. Uh, up until the goal we weren't quite playing well like there were crosses there were good crosses but it wasn't really coming through for us especially with in in sort of settled position where we're trying to build our attack so that wasn't really working because there were some misplaced passes some some poor decision making and and Sevilla just defending decently enough at, at least their center backs were doing quite well but this after this move i think we managed to step it up a level and we looked good in closing out the first half it looked like we we would get another goal uh, but that did not happen so the, we reached half time at 1-0 and that was good like you know you don't play your best football but there's there's this quality that your players have that can make a difference at any point of time and that happened here that showed here so that was really nice now second half second half begins in a sort of uh, a different way uh, Sevilla come out strong and they they get like two quick shots in uh, two shots in quick succession via uh, Amanda San Pedro former Atletico Madrid player uh, she manages to get a couple of uh, like one of the attacks in the, in the 51st minute is quite good she manages to come out, come down the right and hit the side netting she takes a shot from outside the box it's straight at Misa but you know it looks like Sevilla were trying to do something they they were trying to come at us immediately after half time and that is where like they they bring on a player that causes us a lot of problems uh, they bring on Martin Prieto and I think that is where the game started to be a little more nervy because Martin Prieto added a an insane level of impact as soon as she came on so this time fortunately Tony Payne did not cause us much problems because Tony Payne is actually a pain in the ass whenever we play Sevilla uh, this time she did not uh, cause as much problem in Magabaro was all right as well Jessica Martinez uh, former CD Tacon player former Real Madrid player had an okay game she she we all we all know Jessica is is 
very physical she is very intense she is this live wire sort of presence who will run who will chase every ball who will close down every defender on on every loose ball and she did that but since she was starting out wide in that sort of left midfielder sort of role she wasn't as effective but as soon as martin prieto came on Sevilla looked like a different side. Martin Prieto immediately added those runs in the channel. She added that insane physicality which I think neither of the center backs were able to deal with. Especially like Sousa was completely burned out. Like she was she was crying bullets there. She was sweating bullets when whenever she was up against uh Martin Prieto because the physical sort of dominance that she showed there in in duels and the way she was able to shrug off players immediately after she came on she created a chance and it looked like martin prieto if 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 sevilla managed to get a cross in martin prieto will just tower over everyone and put a thumping header in the back of the net and we will be at square one so fortunately that did not happen but martin prieto's performance was was really good and she burned susa so much that she did something and she had to be replaced like i i put that entirely on the way how intense martin prieto was when she came on susa was just unable to deal with it because we know susa has only recently returned from injury her performances have been rusty she hasn't been like up to speed that she was before she has lost that initial step on her uh, for for now and martin prieto completely burned her there's and i don't know what she did she it looked like she she had some sort of cramp and then had to be taken off but i i i put that on the way martin prieto pushed her to the limits when when she came on and i think uh, prieto's performance was absolutely brilliant like i i've been a fan of martin prieto's impact for these mid table sides the way she is able to like score goals in these setups is actually insane like she she raises the floor for these teams by a lot uh, and it was a very good performance from her do you have any word on martin prieto's performance and how uh, how as soon as she came on like susa had a really hard time dealing with her so i'm going to be honest here the the game was so annoying to me i didn't really notice that much um it, you can really see how much i hated the game Um but uh yeah now um I just got reminded of it uh, of that chance you just said the soon as she came on like crazy and uh that chance like I think that Misa saved it barely and then uh Jessica was the one who got it and played Akanti there uh so I just wanted to know that yeah not not a good performance there either um but yeah i mean i did obviously expect martin prieto to uh cause us troubles uh and that chance definitely showed it however uh what i have to say do i have anything to say about it no um i really didn't notice i barely i barely saw anything in our game um because there was really so little things in this game that uh there was you know to be happy about and but speaking of little moments uh, after right after that action Linda was the one who started the counter attack like ra- right after Jessica sh- tried to shoot on goal and it was blocked um and Linda initiated the counter attack and she was up against um I I don't I don't know but so, uh, someone else from Sevilla got the ball who wasn't in the run with Linda and she almost um kicked the ball to Toril. Um so that was fun that was funny to the um to Toril and the staff there. Um I th- I think that there were a lot of tweets about that. So yeah. Um up a bit a bit of funny moments in a dull game for me. Yeah, so moving on like as soon as with Martin Prieto's introduction for Sevilla the game got a bit you know it started to feel like Sevilla might get something here and we will be chasing the game again we 
we quickly like try to remedy that with with substitutions uh, before uh, we got on Esther, we got on Athena, we got on our uh, sort of first choice players who who are like up the pecking order usually. So Esther finally came on. Uh, Athena, who we spoke about, has played a lot of minutes. Came on as well, and then while it was looking like okay Sevilla are mounting the pressure they have got the momentum on their side we hit them on the counter and that is what makes us this very very tricky side to you know assess because we could be on the back foot and we have so much quality that it just just takes one of these moments and we would be in front again and that is what happened here in the 83rd minute sevilla get a corner so it's it's you know it's closing the game is dying down we we are just we only have one goal cushion which is always a very dangerous lead and teams tend to like sit back after scoring a goal and that is what was happening sevilla were, were on the ascendancy they take a corner misa punches it linda caicedo picks it up runs the half of the pitch with a really excellent dribble between uh, involved there where she beat two players managed to generate space spreads it out wide to Caroline Weir who has joined up the attack and it at this point it was 1v3 sort of situation where Caroline Weir, Athenea and Esther all are running forwards Linda Caicedo has provided Weir with the ball Weir takes a heavy first touch but just manages enough to square the ball to Athenea who is in the centre and Athenea makes no mistake. Uh, she kills the game with that goal and it was a, a really good counter-attack. Linda Caicedo once again showing her quality at 19. Her decision making that was like if if we ignore Caroline Weir getting that touch which we should not that, that assist technically made her the highest assist provider in Real Madrid's history inside inside her first year but if we ignore that that those two goals the architect in those two goals was Linda Caicedo and I mean what a performance from her we have a 19 year old gem I keep saying it enjoy it because I don't think uh, we will we have seen such a talent a, a such a young talent in the, in the squad before she she's just phenomenal we have to cherish every single moment, every single game that she plays for us because we are watching a truly world-class player develop in front of our eyes. What did you make of Linda Caicedo's performance, Kanita? Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Linda has become our main like carrier of counterattacks, uh, and I think she's perfect for it, uh, and she does it so well. <laughs> um, and this is only one of those examples, and it was so good, so quick, everything like, so direct. Um, it was a corner for the Misa boxed it, uh, boxed it away, right to Linda. She ran half of the pitch, and before uh, she would be blocked, it gives it to Weir. And Weir makes the uh, sliding pass before she gets blocked, before her pass gets blocked. And I thought in that moment that um, Atenea was offside, but she wasn't. I think the. Um, I don't. Yeah, it, she wasn't offside. Just. I don't, uh, I don't remember if uh, it's because the defender touched it or. Um, but yeah, it just. I'm also very happy to see Atenea's finishing like that uh, because I, I don't think we've seen her do that like one-on-one on, one on one, like quick um, quick one-on-one on one, like finishing and she did it well and she, you can see she was really happy she made, made a very funny celebration as well uh, on her knees and, uh, but yeah um, Glad to see Atenea scoring there too after a bad run. Um, you know, after being exhausted for a few games. And I, I'm pretty sure that this rest that she got for what, like, um, an hour of this game, uh, I think it suited her. She came off the bench and scored this goal. Um, good for her, good for us. 
of course that we got this um assist but yeah i i don't know like linda does a lot i've not uh, i think uh, yeah i'm pretty sure linda is the mvp for me as well in this match uh she has done everything like from the dribbling and and um like even going over some players when um they're doing the tackles on her and uh, these counter attacks just being the gist of it like she's the main one doing these counters and it makes sense obviously she's fast she's young she's she can do so much in uh, like while running uh, uh she carries the ball quickly that that's something like you can we do have some other fast players that don't carry the ball as quick as they run without it but what linda has is different uh she has this ability and she's just 18 she just turned 18 and it's amazing to see this amazing to have this uh kind of talent in our squad and yeah as you've said it a million times before i really hope we have her for many years to come and i hope she loves it here so yeah yeah and what is what's the most striking thing about her is is the maturity with which she plays you know we have seen talented youngsters in the squad and we have seen talented attackers across across the globe the the usual complaint with these sort of players is they need to polish they need to refine their final decision making their final ball but it feels like linda already has that and that gives her a big edge over every single player on the pitch because she understands when she needs to like hold a position when she needs to release the ball when she needs to take on a player to create space when she needs to carry the ball when she needs to look for initiating these combinations in in the final third playing these intricate passes with 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 one of her teammates she has a great understanding of all of it and that is what makes the difference that is what allows her to get those assists to get those uh, to get those you know final ball moment where she can actually make a difference uh, i'm i'm not sure like how she has already picked up how many assists is that for her like this this was uh, that's that's a third assist in the league is it not uh, and i think she she has some in copa as well do you have the numbers on on her uh, third assist in the league and uh, she has one uh no sorry two goals already in the league was that one copa goal so yeah in total uh three assists for uh, madrid and i don't think she had any more in copa so yeah crazy stats crazy numbers and uh she came in the middle of the season she came uh, uh what two months ago crazy it's crazy it's almost like she hasn't had any sort of uh bedding period that usually signings had the signings that we have made this season caroline weir already the second highest top goal scorer in in madrid's history already the highest assist provider in madrid's history Linda Caicedo joins midway through the season in 2 months has 6 direct goal contributions just 18 Toletti Toletti well Toletti comes from a different sort of uh, you know scenario where she has already she's already uh, used to this league she has already played in this league so she doesn't have much uh, you know a difficult time to adapt but some of the like Veer and Linda Caicedo have been like sensational for us and kaisero i mean phew. it's just i run out of words when talking about her because an 18 year old doing that on a consistent basis you know she came in and she was starting derby games immediately you know that shows the trust and the talent that she is able to display in in training as well so yeah really looking forward to how she develops and what she can bring but we have a gem in, gem on our hand and the way we we were able to snatch it from everyone else i i just love that and i hope she continues here 
uh, I hope she realizes that the fans love her and she continues to produce the goods and hopefully we pick up our first trophy with her as well so yeah looking forward to it moving on I think one of the things that we need to talk about in this game uh, which created a lot of noise I don't know because I usually like try to avoid Twitter during during games uh, but yesterday I actually was using Twitter as the game was going on to see the reaction and the reaction around Freya's performance was uh, was a bit confusing like there, there are some real uh, you know stands who, who are like uh, who are calling this one of the best performances and, and stuff while there are players who while there are fans who are calling uh, this a very mediocre uh, performance and the need to improve it I think it's somewhere in the middle I think uh, Freya started the game uh, poorly where she was misplacing some passes she she was uh, you know picking up the ball deep but not being able to progress the ball forwards really well but then with with the with the sort of a tactical tweak where uh, you know Toletti was took her position as the deepest midfielder and was helping in, in the build up and uh, she was freed to move higher up in the pitch and operate as that sort of eight in in that role and have uh, in the double pivot she was given that freedom to move forwards a lot more then her performances uh, then her performance actually improved a little bit so i think it it was somewhere in the middle like it it wasn't like the best performance on on the pitch by a midfielder uh, i think that was definitely toletti toletti was sensational winning the ball supporting attack picking up that uh, second assist for the first goal and and she was everywhere uh, toletti was helping in in the build up helping in the progression helping with the ball carrying and and everything uh, so i definitely think the best uh, midfielder on the pitch was was toletti but i think it was a good performance uh, it was it was good performance from freya given the context that she hasn't played much and she was thrown into this uh, into this lineup against a team that can hurt you on transitions via tony Payne and uh, and others it, it was a good performance like give all things considered uh, it was somewhere in the middle it wasn't like the best performance and it wasn't uh, the worst performance as well but there is uh, scope for improvement for Freya that has been uh, the talk that we usually have had on this pod. We, we have identified some areas where she can work and where she can be better. And we hope that she does improve in that department. Uh, what did you make of Freya's performance overall? And, and do you think what was your general assessment of her game yesterday? You know that um, you're very critical of Freya. <laughs> Uh, but I was, yeah, she, she started off, um, well, not well, <laughs> but I mean, I was pretty surprised. Um, she was doing a lot, to be honest. Um, and I, I don't know, it's just this, I'm just reading the stats and I think that the general feel of what I saw in the game also her stats confirm it uh, because right she had 90% uh, completed uh, five, 55 out of 61 completed passes and interestingly enough she had nine progressive passes uh, and yeah she had um, 27 carries and I don't know if I can see now but she she's done a lot like um i remember her stopping as well like, i remember when she, one time she fouled this, um jessica like, it was a foul uh but you know she didn't get anything it was um uh, clean enough for her not to get carded and uh, you know she also upset uh, jessica there it was funny uh but i think the general feel of her game for me was you know positive as like i said freya hasn't played in a few weeks and got on last game and um now got to start so i mean i was positively surprised to be honest uh she could do better i know 
Uh, but I mean, after all the criticism she's gotten, uh, I think that she showed that she can improve. So I don't know. I do have uh, hope that uh, it might happen soon. Um, too bad it's the end of the season soon. But yeah. Yeah. Well, if 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 she continues on the upward trajectory, we do have a very good deputy in 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 the midfield which is needed in a position that we don't have natural uh, replacement for so it would be really nice if if she can continue on this upper trajectory but unfortunately like the season is coming to an end and then there will be a break there will be a world cup if she is picked up for the world cup then we, you know a lot of variables in there so a lot of unknowns uh, but hopefully she continues on on the positive trend so yeah that brings us to the end of the game we have spoken about all the major themes here we have spoken about the players that really stood out and made the difference this this was a pretty straightforward game like tactically there wasn't much happening sevilla in their 4-4-2 was not really very inventive or doing something out of the uh, out of the box neither were we so it was a pretty straightforward game tactic tactics wise and it was the player quality that made the difference in in a lot of ways and uh, yeah do you have anything to add to this kanita any uh, final comments you can do that now or we can wrap it up um no i think it would be it um i i, I think i still think that this was um, much worse than if we had gotten a remontada but you know uh, sometimes we have to get some boring games and yeah but we did get like two clear chances like you know something that you can say oh this has to end up in a goal and um there was some pretty good team um teamwork there as well which you can um take away from that and you know there um actually something happening and like the gameplay that's there, uh, that our goals are actually not just chaotic and um, loving to see this kind of growth. Um, hopefully, that's uh, on purpose. But yeah, um, that's it for the game. So yeah, uh, hopefully in the, in the next two games, because the next two games are basically dress rehearsals for the Copa de la Arena semi-final, which I think. Uh, the players and and the fans and the manager have an eye on and we are desperate for a trophy let's be real here and it would be really nice if if we can go all in in those two games against two two good sides who can provide us a really good test Uh, so yeah we will be there to break it down for you the next game especially i'm looking forward to because levante has been like especially really really good this season they have some really nice players they have a really good system that uh, you know elevates their level so looking forward to that game and uh, the same goes for the real sociedad game they are always a good side to play uh, they don't always turn up uh, in their best shape against us but yeah it will be fun to watch and i hope we go all in in the next two games so we will be there to break it down for you next week as well. And until then, Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network.